Hi, I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am speaking with Eric Infante, who happens to be my husband, but we are doing things a little bit differently around here today. He is actually going to be the host, and I am going to be the guest and providing you with a book flight today. For those of you, if you're just tuning in to this episode, I am Kara Infante, and I am usually the host here on Bookish Flights. I am a mom of three kids. We currently live in San Diego, um, and I have always been a really big reader. So welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here and have this opportunity to interview you this time. Yes, you've been so great in listening to all the podcasts so far, and so I really appreciate your input and you doing this. Um, So take it away, Eric. All right, well, let's get right into it. Why don't you tell me and your your listeners about your reading life? So I have always been a reader that I can remember. In fact, I have really fond memories of my cousin Ashley and I. She was a voracious reader as well. And she had the Babysitter's Club, Goosebumps, Fear Street. She had all of these collections of books at her house. So we would read a ton. We spent a lot of time together. And I read a ton and I have to say that that kind of sparked my love of reading. I think we've talked about in another episode with type of fluff books and those are probably fluff books, but they at least sparked my, my love of reading going after that, getting into school and getting into high school. I feel like, you know, it started becoming reading really for school. I kind of got away from pleasure reading. Um, you know, and going to college and grad school, I got away from reading for a few years. But I remember going, um, as a little side note, Eric and I met in grad school. (laughs) Um, I remember having a break. I think we were off for Christmas break. And I remember going to a Barnes and Noble and just standing in Barnes and Noble because I could actually read a book for leisure. And I was like, what do I pick up? And there's so many books. And I think you fellow book lovers out there can relate of just so many choices and so many wonderful things catching your eye. But I'm like, well, I only have one month off of school. So there's only so much I'm going to be able to read in this window. Um, I think I was there for like an hour and a half. I remember the store clerk came up to me twice like, ma'am, are you sure I can't help you? And I was like, no, I'm good. I just the simple fact that like I can choose any book off these shelves and it's not required reading is huge right now. So after we graduated grad school, we shortly after that, you joined the Navy. And that took us away from our home and from our families. We were really lucky, though. I say that, like, not with sadness. We got to go to Hawaii. And being there and being out on our own, that is really when I started to get back into my reading life after school because right? I mean, we were on our own. We didn't have friends. We didn't have family. It took us a while to create our community there. And so I really turned back to books and that kind of filled that void a little bit. 
Well, fast forward now, you're a mom of three, yeah. you're a physical therapist, and you you are homeschooling our children. So how do you find time to read now? Yes. So this has been something as I've journeyed along in motherhood, I've, as you've seen me do, I've really had to fit in. So my current motive of doing this is I wake up at five because our kids more on average get up about 6.15 in the morning. So I really like to have an hour to myself where I have a warm drink. Usually it's coffee and I sit in the same chair and I read a book and in I've said this in other episodes, but that's when I really try to read, you know, a book that makes me think a little bit more. So whether it's like a self-reflective book or a classic, something that is a more challenging read for me or something that I really want to take in, that's what I'm reading in those morning hours. Um, and then in the evening, I tend to read something that's a little bit lighter and sometimes that's one to two pages. Sometimes it can be 15. It just depends on how tired I am from the day. And, uh, and for our listeners today, you know, you, you are definitely making time to read any chance you can get, um, you know, like you said in the mornings or, and at night, or, um, if the kids are out running around and playing, uh, you're definitely taking advantage of those opportunities to, uh, to read, um, and catch up on anything really. Um, but you're here today to discuss a book flight um, that you prepared for for uh, your listeners today. So why don't we get right into that and have you tell us a little bit about it? So I chose a book flight today that I thought was really fun. The theme of it is going to be it's all about grandmas. And I think you and I both have been very blessed in our lives to have some really amazing grandmas and our grandmothers and the this book flight as i say grandma's like i don't want you to think okay this is really a female based episode because i think these books in this book flight will appeal to men and women both um and they're really fun so the underlying theme is going to be it's all about some grandmothers and some pretty amazing sassy women <laughs> let's go first book all right so the first book is called Grandma Gatewood Takes a Walk, and this is by Mont Ben Montgomery. This is actually a biography, and it focuses on a 67-year-old grandmother, Emma Gatewood. It's 1955 when she decides she's going to leave her home in southern Ohio to travel to Georgia and hike the Appalachian Trail, and she's going to do it solo, and she's going to do all 2,000 and 50 miles of it. I've read a few books about hiking the Appalachian Trail, and you and I have done our fair share of hiking. What goes into planning to hike the Appalachian Trail nowadays is very different from what you're going to read in this book. I think now people spend many months of planning. You're planning out your route, right? You're sending yourself boxes along the way or you're having someone send you boxes along the way so you can replenish your supplies you're doing survival training you're getting all your fancy gear right and there's months of meticulous planning and packing that goes into that well grandma gatewood she did none of that i pulled a quote from this book that i think just kind of sets the tone from it 
So she hand sewed her denim sack that she took. So she filled her denim sack that she sewed with other items from the box. Vienna sausage, raisins, peanuts, bouillon cubes, powdered milk. She tucked inside a tin of Band-Aids, a bottle of iodine, some bobby pins, and a jar of Vic salve. She packed the slippers and a gingham dress that she could shake out if she ever needed to look nice. She stuffed in a warm coat, a Swiss army knife, a flashlight, candy mints, and her pen, and a little Royal Vernon line memo book that she bought for 25 cents at Murphy's back home. And that is what she left with. What unfolds in the pages of this story is incredible. You're getting a perspective of her hiking the trail, but you're also starting to learn about her life and what made her decide to do this. She actually learned about the Appalachian Trail through a National Geographic that arrived on her doorstep. And a f- yeah, she had a pretty rough life. She had an abusive husband. They had 11 children together that she was raising all while living on a farm, which just required a lot of hard work. But you start to see through her life experiences what gave her the determination to hike the trail on her own solo. So what is even more amazing about this, this book covers her first hike through the Appalachian Trail, but she actually went on to do it two more times, the oldest being at the age of 77, which I find incredible. Like that gives me inspiration to keep moving and be able to do things like this. But at the time when she goes to leave, she didn't tell her family where she was going. She just said, I'm going on a walk. And so the only people that knew that she was doing this was the cab driver that took her to the airport and her cousin. So she was very humble. She didn't want people to know that this was what she was doing. And maybe a part of that too, if I think about that is what if I fail, right? Like I don't want all these people to be in on it if I were to fail, right? So she doesn't say that in the books of this pages, but as I'm talking about it, it makes me think that Maybe that was that as well. Um, But soon the news reporters start finding out about her journey from other hikers on the trail. So they start following her and they meet up with her on the trail and they hike with her for a little bit and they ask her questions along the way. And they leave just as baffled by the others that she met on the trail that she's doing this solo with her just her hiking stick and some shoes. She didn't even bring a tent with her. She just slept laid down out in the open and slept along the Appalachian Trail. So I found this book super inspiring. I personally fell in love with Grandma Gatewood. Like I would love to have met her. She was humble. She was tough. And by no means does she prepare for months to do this physically, mentally, (laughs) or in her packing stages. Um, The author actually used a bunch of letters and... um, talking to reporters and her family to create this biography. Um, So it's really great. It starts, um, you know, she reaches the top of the trail and she belts out America the Beautiful. And she ends with this amazing quote. She says, I did it. I said I'd do it and I've done it. And I think it just, it just was so inspirational. I think it can appeal to the range of people. Yeah, well, I mean, I think of the times that we just are going out somewhere with the kids and how much we were packing a bag full of, you know, snacks and water and toys and things like that. And, uh, you know, I think of other hiking trips that we've done 
ourselves, you know, and how much we've, we've had pack. So, and, uh, we've even talked about doing Appalachian trail and how much work would be going into that. So that's pretty impressive that, you know, not only did she go very minimally, but, um, the humility that sounds like she displayed, um, and then just, I don't know, good, good lesson, you know, like just put your, just put your head down and do it. Right. You don't need all the attention. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's a good, good start. Yeah. And I think the other part I actually forgot to add into this is at that time in the fifties, the Appalachian trail was actually becoming obsolete. Like it was really in disrepair. It needed a lot of attention. Um, but it talks about not too preachy in this book, but it does talk a little bit about how the rise of the automobile and the television sets in the home that people were starting to explore the world via their television sets versus getting out on the soles of their feet. Like it kind of quotes that in the book and she saved the Appalachian trail. That's the amazing part of the story that I think I left out <laughs> in introducing it is that the attention from the news reporters and what it brought to the news, it really inspired people to get back out and save the Appalachian Trail. So that was the other caveat that made the story so incredible. So, and she was the first woman to ever do it. I think like seven men at the time had done it all the way through and she was the first woman to do it as well. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing woman. And then she went on to do it two more times. Yeah. All right. So that's Grandma Gatewood Takes a Walk by Ben Montgomery. Um, what about our what about our second book in our pairing? All right. So this book is called A Long Way from Chicago by Richard Peck. And this is actually a middle grade YA young adult novel. Like you could do this book as a family read aloud. Um but it is set in the outskirts of Chicago and it's during the thirties. So during the great depression, which I bet now actually the setting of this book is probably in the city limits of Chicago. It's probably grown so much. I have from hearing my grandma talk about growing up in the outskirts of Chicago, which was farmland, which is now part of the heart of downtown. <laughs> I think that it's probably now in the city limits, but I didn't actually specifically look that up. But this book focuses on two children, Mary Alice and Joey, and it's told from the perspective of Joey. And every week, or every summer, excuse me, for one week, they go visit their grandma, Dowdle. And each chapter in this book focuses on a different summer, and it goes consecutively down the line. Grandma Dowdle, she is such a hoot. She is spunky, she's hilarious, and is always getting herself into trouble. I say, quote unquote, trouble, because really what she's doing is she's kind of teaching her grandchildren really important lessons, and she doesn't quite fit in in her small town community that she lives in. So for any of you that are from a small town, you know how that kind of gets. That really resonated with me, um, but she doesn't fit in, and she but she holds her own. She... Um, the community kind of leaves her be until they really need her. At one point in the book, they call her a one-woman crime wave, but really she is just really sticking it to these people, right? Um, I giggled so much in this book, which is why I think it would be a great family read aloud. I think you parents, we've talked about this in an episode before, but 
reading books that you want to read. And honestly, I think you would giggle at this more than your children because it is just so funny. Um, I don't want to give too much away about what the, what adventures they get themselves into because I, I don't want to spoil the book, but she's a hoot and she is another grandma I would love to miss. This is actually a fictional story and there is a sequel to it. I have not read it yet, but it is so funny. It is so good and I highly recommend it. Yeah, and I feel like um, maybe 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 a little bit of our generation, generation before us, though, for sure. Like that was a big thing, like spending the summer going to like your grandparents, you know, for for a summer or for a few weeks of the summer. And uh, and you you know, at least at least I don't hear much of that anymore. Um, I know we've talked about sending our kids to our parents <laughs> for the I summer. Was... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. Um, I was like, we try to. We, we offer that often. Like, do you want to take the kids for the summer? We'll send them. <laughs> yeah. All for, I'll, you know, pay the airfare and everything. Um, but yeah, I think that's, you know, I think there's so many, uh, you know, um, cool stories of, you know, either from like our parents or, um, you know, growing up and like spending the, the summer with their cousins and, you know, and it's usually like on a farm or something like that. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I think those are some like great stories and, and, and kids don't do, you know, it doesn't seem like kids, a lot of kids um, get that experience. So um, I think, I think our oldest would probably really like reading that or hearing that story for sure. Um, but obviously us, you know, our connection to Chicago and, you know, being from Chicago and stuff like that, I think they, uh, they've adopted that as their second home. So, you know, for them to read, listen to that story, um, is there any uh, any one any one plot in particular that stuck out to you that made you giggle a little harder than than others? So there's one point when they are going, and it's actually so the one part about it does touch on in Chicago is the gangster life from the early 30s, right? Like the Al Capone days, things like that. It doesn't talk about that per se, but there was a what it's called like the rat and guns club or something and it was basically a club where men would go and they would drink and they would get drunk and some debauchery would happen at this place but she would go after the men would get super drunk and they had a pond that they would stock with fish and she would go fishing in the pond after these men got drunk and she she always called it, I'd be I'm borrowing the fish. She would never say she was stealing the fish, right? Because she's with her grandchildren. Um, but that's part of where like the one woman crime wave comes because at one point they get caught by these men. <laughs> and she's like, My grandchildren have already been exposed to all the debauchery that comes with this gentleman's club. And um, and it's like this hilarious escape and how she tries to justify this quote unquote crime that she committed to the sheriff. And it's it's so laugh out loud funny. I can't even do it justice. You need to read it amongst the pages. <laughs> so one thing, though, I want to say, um, I actually ended up picking up this book and I wanted to offer this as an idea for the readers out there. I ended up picking the, up this book because I'm I currently am challenging myself to do a century of great books, which means well, I started in 2022. So I was reading books from 1923 to 2022. So I picked one book per year 
and I'm trying to read through that. I kind of gave myself really loose guidelines. Like I'm not going to give myself a time frame when I have this done. I'm just going to aim to get it done. Um, and I invited some other people to do this with me. What I found was so fun about doing the Century of Great Books Challenge is I talked to a lot of people that I know are readers and um, especially um, you know, people older than me trying to talk to them about what books because you know, I'm trying to fill the 1920s and the 1930s. And I made a rough list um, of books, but I, there's a lot of years I actually still had to fill. So I it gave me an opportunity to talk to readers in my life and ask them what their favorite books are, if they've read any classics that they just thought I should add onto the list. So it really forced me to read a little bit more widely, which is part of the premise of this show, right? Is to read outside my genres of comfort and to explore other books because I know there's so much out there in the world of books and I really want to explore it. So I ended up hitting a home run with this long way from Chicago because it was one of the books that I had picked for my my century of books challenge. So if there's any of you listening, you can feel free to reach out to me. I can send you my spreadsheet if you want to use it and you can fill out your own books. The people that are joining me on this journey, they chose all their hundred books they wanted to use on their own. Um, but it has been really fun. I 33% of the way done. I checked earlier to kind of see where I was at. Um, but I, and I've been tracking, like I've been kind of rating the books and writing what I've liked about them. Cause what I want to see at the end is what's really been my favorite. And so far, a long way from Chicago is running really close to the top. So a little side note about that if you want a little reading challenge for yourself. So a third of the way down in about a year, right? In, in about a year. Yeah, I was trying to think of when I started it, and I can't remember what month. I would have to look back. But again, there's no time frame, so this is very loose guidelines and how I'm going to do it. Very cool. So it's a long way from Chicago by Richard Peck. And now on to our third pairing. Yeah. So this is going to switch gears a little bit. Um, this is going to be a mystery. Uh, a long way from Chicago is a fictional story. It's unfortunately not based on, um, I don't think Grandma Dowdle is real, even though I would love to meet her. But this book is going to be a mystery and it's called Celine and it is by Peter Heller. So we first meet Celine in this book, and she's working out of her New York apartment, and she's she's a private in investigator, and her specialty is in missing persons and bringing families back together with these missing persons. Um, she's an artist. She's regal. She's classy. She has a little bit of um, aristocracy in her background, but she is a private investigator, and she is married to her husband, Pete, who is her partner in her business. And they are approached by a young woman named Gabriella, which our daughter's name is Gabriella. <laughs> um, but Gabriella is coming to them because her father has been missing for over 20 years. And he was a photographer and he was actually photographing out in Yellowstone National Park. And he went missing along the Montana-Wyoming state line. And his death was actually ruled that he got mauled by a grizzly bear. 
but his body was never recovered. So Gabriella has never really believed that story. She always thought something else might have happened. Um, and that's why she contacted Celine for her to help. So they decide to take on the case and they start to head out towards Yellowstone National Park to start digging into it. And pretty quickly in the story, you realize that they are being followed. So you, you already know that there's going to be more to this story. Um, but Celine, she's sharp as a tack. She actually is ha- having some health issues in the book. She's suffering from emphysema and she's in a pretty low spot before this case hits her. So not only is this book focused on the mystery of solving this case for Gabriella, but it also focuses on Celine and her family life. And you kind of start to understand why she went into be a private investigator for missing persons. And she does some soul healing. And this case comes to her right at the right time because she was feeling really, really down. Um, I found out while researching for our episode today that Selena's is actually based off Peter Heller's own mother because there's a little bit of her like she can do all these things. She's an expert sharpshooter. She's a private investigator. She can do all these things. And at first you're kind of like, okay, is this kind of a stretch of who she is? But it was actually based off his own mother, which I found really neat. Um, while Celine is not particularly a grandmother, it doesn't say it amongst the pages, she does have a son. She's spunky and fun. And I loved that her husband Pete is in the story as well. And they make such a good duo and they work really well together. So they play off each other a lot in the book. And if you've never read anything from Peter Heller, he does such a good job with writing in scenery and the settings of the story like you really feel like you are traveling to these places that he's talking about and this book does not disappoint on taking you through yellowstone national park um and so yeah and i don't want to give too much more away because i don't want to give the spoilers but um it's a really good read so does he does he like you said, it's based off his mother. Does he reveal that or is that just based on your own research that you did after the fact? That was research after I did after the fact when I was typing up to talk to the, about this book today. Um, I, yeah, I did not research that at the time when I read it. That was Celine by Peter Heller. Um, sounds very fascinating. You, you know, listeners have to pick that up and, and read that one. Uh, figure out what happens. Um, all right. So just a quick recap on our on our flight from today. We had uh, Grandma Gatewood Takes a Walk by Ben Montgomery. Our next pairing was A Long Way from Chicago by Richard Peck. And we finished that out with Celine by Peter Heller. Uh, I know you're going to you're um, passing on a dessert pairing this episode correct we're gonna do um we're gonna go into our bonus pairing uh slash speed round are you ready i'm ready ready okay first question are you a rereader i am not a rereader i have very little time to read as is and so i feel like i should be pushing forward to read new books to me Although for a book club that I am in, we have recently reread some of the classics I read in high school. And 
I've actually really enjoyed it because I think I'm coming at it from the perspective of experience in reading. I'm a better reader than I was in high school and I'm reading it out of leisure versus just trying to complete the assignment. So I think I have gotten a lot more out of that. So I hesitate to say I'm not a rereader because I've actually really enjoyed it when I've done it in the past, in the recent years. Which is funny because I mean, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a rereader. <laughs> I just reread a whole, reread a whole series of books because it became a TV show. So I had to go back and read all the books. I was very yeah. impressed actually that you were able to do that because that is so opposite of who I am in my reading life. And well, A, these books hooked you so much. So I was like, what is he reading that he like, these books, it was like, you know, I want to say Sisterhood of the Traveling Book, but not Sisterhood. <laughs> but like they went around with you everywhere. <laughs> and I loved it. I secretly inside my bookish heart was loving this. Yeah, I will. Uh, maybe we'll have to we'll, so we'll have to definitely get that on your on the podcast, that that author and those books um, i'm slowly dropping little hints along the way that you'll come on and do your own flight uh, i don't know it could be a guest but a guest host i can do that i can guest host okay but uh but rereader yes well you know i i rewatch movies right you're not one to rewatch movies so i'm not surprised that, that you're not a rereader um uh moving on because uh, this is speed round so we'll pick this up a little bit uh do you prefer audio or hard copy so i would prefer to read the hard copy but in essence of time i read audiobooks like i think last year i was looking at percentages and i read about 70 percent audiobooks because it actually allows me to get through books much faster <laughs> yeah and i think you know one of your you know i've heard at least one of the guests mention that you know doing dishes or folding laundry or something like that like AirPod in listening to a story, you know, listening to a book and that's definitely you. So, um, always multitasking. Yeah. It's a little hard to read a physical copy of a book and fold laundry at the same time. So audio sure. it is. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, next question. Um, what is one book you have read that has changed your life? So as I was thinking about this, I, Two books automatically came to mind, but I realized that those really focused on parenting and really changed my perspective on parenting and how we show up for our children. So then I was like, okay, no, I need a book that has what changed my life. And so the book that I came up with was actually The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. And if you haven't read this book, I'll give really quick... Um, but it's actually during World War II, and it's a true story based off a family, Corey Ten Boom's family, and they live in Amsterdam, and they begin taking Jewish people in their home as World War II begins to roll out, and it's, a, I mean, you've, I'm sure we have all read World War II stories and about people taking in these, um, you know, the Jewish families and the Jewish people her family, what they did to keep them safe, to keep their family safe, and to keep their faith alive. I think that that is why this was such a poignant book for my life, is that they read the Bible every night, and they maintained their faith through the atrocities of war and what was happening. 
And they were a beacon of light in such a dark period of time. And what makes me, this is a book I reread for book club, but how it hits me in my life is that's how I want to show up in this world. Like when I'm faced with adversity or what I think is like, you know, unimaginable tragedy, like I want to show up as the light. And so I think this is a really good reminder of that. And for the listeners, what, just give that name of the book one more time. So that was The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Okay. So what are you reading next? So Final question. So I am reading, um, so The Pillars of the Earth, which Desiree in episode 10 talked about. I happened to notice that as I was typing up the show notes that Ken Follett is coming out with the fourth book of the trilogy in September. And I also learned that there is a prequel to this series. So I think I'm going to challenge myself that I'm going to start by reading the prequel coming up. And then I'm going to go to read the three books of that trilogy before the fourth one comes out in September. Um, If you want to join me on a little book club, uh, listeners, you can do that. I had posted that on Instagram a couple weeks ago and some people said they were interested. So maybe we can make a little spin of a book club off of that and prepare for the fourth book of that series. I'm very excited about that. And then the other book, right, because I usually read a lighter read at night, and then I read a book that I need to concentrate a little bit more on, is I'm going to be picking picking up a book. It's on St. Therese of Lisieux for Lent. Um, And so it's actually by Dorothy Day, and it's just called Therese. And so I'm picking that up for Lent, and so that will be my read in the mornings coming up. Very cool. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with now that you're on that side of the microphone? (laughs) No, I just want to say thank you all for listening and for being here. And I hope that you find these episodes fun and engaging and that you love this book flight about grandmas. I think it's such a fun one. Um, It makes me smile just thinking about the books and the stories among them. And if you ever want to be on the show, let me know. I'm always looking for people, always looking for guests. So if you ever want to come and chat books, you can reach out to me on Facebook, on Instagram, my email, go to bookishflights.com. There's all of the contact ways you can contact me are there. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this is a really great uh, flight to have about grandmas. I mean, um, you know, we're still very blessed that, you know, um, your maternal grandmother is still alive. My paternal grandmother is still alive. You know, we've had really great relationships with our grandmothers, um, you know, in our lives. Uh, so, uh, nothing like, uh, a flight about grandmothers and the amazing things they've done, um, in their lives. And then, you know, a little bit of laughter, something, something a little bit heavier, um, light, and some others are lighter. It sounds like from the flight. Uh, but I think, you know, the idea of reading stories uh, that make us think about our grandmothers are is always a, a fun thing. So thank you for sharing that with yeah. us. But I think there's so much that we can learn from our grandmothers and from that generation. They they've been through it and they've been through it all. So um, giving them the value, letting you know, letting their stories be heard is really wonderful. And if our moms are, are listening, which I'm sure they will be, the offer still stands. We are happy. <laughs> 
to have our kids go there for the summers. Um, that's when Chicago's its nicest. So we'll send a long way from Chicago along with them, and you guys could exactly. just do it as a family read aloud together. Exactly, exactly. San Diego's too hot in the summer, so we'll send them to Chicago. Um, all right. Well, all right. Well, thanks, Kara, for being on the other side of the microphone and uh, sharing that flight, and for the listeners, uh, you know, uh, tuning in today. Uh, as Carol always says, we'd love, you know, to hear about other books you would pair with this uh, wonderful flight uh, at bookishflights.com. Continue to tune in for uh, for more amazing content. Um, I, I could tell you I've, I've been reading genres of books uh, since since this podcast started uh, that were definitely outside of my wheelhouse, and it's it's been uh, it's it's been fun chatting about it. You know, you and I. Um, you know, we usually read very different material. Um, so it's kind of good that uh, it's been fun that, you know, guests of yours have been recommended different books. And I don't think we've read the same books yet, but we've read the same genres. And so it's been kind of interesting. Um, so it's been fun, fun to talk about. So to all the listeners out there, like keep, keep the ideas coming, right? Um, books definitely are connecting people. Um, and so, uh, very very proud of what what Kara's done here and we want to keep it going well you very so much you. warmed my heart so thank you for saying all those wonderful things and bravo you did an excellent job at hosting today i'll have to have you back on uh yeah maybe in a pinch <laughs> <laughs> maybe in a pinch uh, you do such a great job um so i'm sure your listeners will be eager to hear you back interviewing uh the next the next wonderful guest that you have on bookish flights yes we have some fun ones coming up so thank you all for listening all right thank you Thank you so much for listening to Eric Infante and I in our discussion today. It was so fun to be on the other side of the mic, and I hope you enjoyed my book flight on celebrating grandmothers. I'd love to hear what other books you might pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.